Well, this morning is going to be a good, good morning because we're continuing our series called Hello for all you Adele fans out there. Got to make a nod to Adele every week. But uh, throughout this series, we've been talking about how exactly we hear the voice of God. And uh, this is our third week into the series. And this morning, we have a guest speaker in the house. The one and only Pastor Gabe Jenkins will be bringing the word. Really excited about that. Uh, Pastor Gabe is our men's pastor here at New Life. But me and Pastor Gabe go way back because he used to be way back in the day, the base 56 pastor, the kids pastor here over, right? Base 56 is what it was. He oversaw the fifth and sixth graders. And um, ironically, I was jumping into leading worship at the time and I was kind of cutting my teeth and figuring out this whole thing. What does leading worship look like? Okay, I'm going to lead for kids. And, uh, and Pastor Gabe was the one who was the pastor as I was leading worship here. And uh, those were the days where the spirit's work was deep but the V-necks were even deeper. I, I specifically remember one morning, the bassist was rocking, um, no exaggeration, a belly button V, just all the way down, leaving little to the imagination. But uh, those were good days. Now Gabe is the men's pastor, and he's going to speak to us about how we can hear the voice of God in our day-to-day lives. So I want you to give some new life young adult love to the one and only Pastor Gabe Jenkins. Thank you. Fire. I, th- I think I should clarify, those V-necks, I, I was not sporting one of those V-necks. I just want to be clear on that. Hey, what a joy it is to be here with you today. I want to start by just introducing my wife. Now, the thing she said is, Gabe, do not embarrass me and do not make me stand up. So I'm not going to make her stand up, but why don't you all just say, hi, Ashley, right over here. Say, hi, Ashley. She's going to kill me. I'll be sleeping in the garage tonight, but that's okay. Here's something else that people will often say when I introduce my wife. They'll say, and I know you're thinking this. They'll say, how did you See, you wouldn't have laughed if you weren't thinking it. How did you convince her to marry you? I married up, and my response is prayer works, people. (laughs) Prayer works. It's powerful. So start praying. Okay, open up your Bibles to John chapter 10. I want to talk to you just for a few minutes this morning as Pastor Josh said. And by the way, I just have such a deep respect for Pastor Josh. He is a good man. He is a good pastor. He is a good leader, and you are blessed to be here and be a, a part of the ministry that he is leading. So uh, I just have such a good, res- deep respect for him, and uh, his love for God is authentic. It's genuine, and I love that he's, te- he's uh, leading this series because what I've noticed about him is he is a man, he is a pastor who uh, leans in to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. You practice that. You, you have made that a part of your life, and I really admire so much about you, Pastor Josh. And so, uh, John chapter 10, I like this passage for a lot of different reasons, but on the topic of, of hearing from God, I think this is an important passage. If we're honest, uh, this, this idea, this topic of hearing from God can be kind of confusing. It can be confusing. It can stir up a lot of questions. Uh, Some people are like, man, 
I don't, I don't hear from God. Other people hear from God. It's just kind of awkward. What's wrong with me? Why don't I listen? And then, of course, there are the crazy people who say they're hearing from God, and they're doing crazy things. You're like, that is not God. I read a story not too long ago about this, this man in the zoo. And he, he turned to the people around him, and he said, God just told me that if I jump down into this, this pit with lions, he's going to protect me. So watch this. And people are like, okay. So he, he jumps over the railing. He jumps down into the lion's pit, and then he got mauled, and he died. And people are like, uh, I don't think that was God. But there's this idea. That's kind of an extreme example. But there are these stories, I'm sure, that you've heard of people saying, God told me to do this. God, God told me to do this. And you're like, uh, I don't know. You, you're kind of weird. But here's the key. We cannot throw the baby out with the bathwater. Because at the end of the day, the reality is, is we do have a God who is absolutely crazy about you. He is so passionate about you. He knows everything about you. He knows how many hairs are on your head. He knows how many freckles are on your face. He knows how many, how many he, he's watching you try to grow that beard. He's cheering you on. He knows everything about you. And he is in love with you. He is so in love with you. He is so passionate about cultivating this deep friendship with you. And so, yeah, sometimes people are crazy when it comes to hearing from God. And yes, sometimes it can be confusing and there are questions. But what I want to highlight is God's passion to speak to you. His passion to speak to you. Think about this. Let's just break it down and keep it really simple. Think about in the very beginning, the picture that we see in the very beginning of Genesis. God creates Adam, and he creates Eve, and then what does he do? We see that he's walking with them in the cool of the day. He's walking them with them as a friend would walk with a friend and talk with a friend. That was the heart of God in the very beginning. And then, of course, you know the story, the sin, the broken relationship. And then think about all that God did to restore that relationship, that friendship the intimacy between God and his people. Jesus coming. Jesus enduring the brutality of Roman crucifixion so that that separation could be no longer. So that God can once again walk with his people. So that we as his people, as his sons and daughters, could call him a good father. So we could know him and listen to him. Now, I do want to highlight, if you weren't here last week, and this topic of hearing from God is somewhat new to you, go back and listen to last week's podcast because Pastor Josh was talking about the importance of Scripture and how the Scriptures are training us to hear God's voice. Because if, you, if this is new to you and you want to hear God's voice, but if you haven't, if you haven't laid a foundation in the Scriptures, it's going to be really, really confusing. Because you'll think God is speaking to you, and you'll be the person saying, God told me to do this, and everybody else is like, no, no, no. So go back and listen to that podcast, because what he shared last week is crucial to, to understanding how we train our ears to hear from God. Okay, but think about this. Right where you're sitting right now, God is literally with you. With you. Yes, he's with us corporately, but he's with you in such an intimate way. 
The same Holy Spirit in Genesis 1, it says, in the beginning, the, the Spirit hovered over the waters before anything was created. There's this picture of the Spirit of God literally hovering over the waters. And how amazing is it to think about that same Spirit is literally residing within you. If you have opened up your heart to Christ, and if you've said, yes, I want to be a Christ follower, and you have invited him in, think about this. I know it's simple, but sometimes going back to the basics is so important. The same Holy Spirit that hovered over the waters at the beginning of creation is the exact same Spirit who resides in you. The Bible says that you are a temple of the Holy Spirit. You house the Holy Spirit. He is alive. He's living. He's breathing. He's speaking. Now think, you are not a cave in which he's hibernating. You are a temple in which he's living. And I think the key for us, if we want to grow in our ability to hear his voice, to recognize when he's speaking to us, I think the first thing is, is walk, learning to walk with an awareness that he literally is with you. And he is alive. Like he's living in you and he's alive and he wants to engage with you. He wants to speak to you. He is so engaging. And so think of, just remind yourself of this throughout the day. He's with me. He's alive. He's living inside of me. And as you begin to walk with more of an awareness of his presence in your life, You're going to position yourself to begin to recognize all the different ways he's speaking to you and everything he's doing on a daily basis. And the more you begin to pay attention to everything he's doing in your life, as you're going to school, as you're going to work, as you're doing these things, you're going to be like in awe of how active he really is, how engaged he really is. You're going to step back and just worship, to say you are alive and you are real. So let's look at John chapter 10 because the key is, Okay, if he is with me, if he is living inside of me, and I believe he is, but why, why when I pray, I don't hear anything? Like, what's up with that? A couple nights ago, I was, this is Avery. She's uh, my oldest daughter. She's seven. You want to wave at everybody, Avery? She said, Dad, you're so lucky. You got to get up on the stage. I wish I could. So real quickly, come up here, okay? <laughs> this is going to make her day. I'm going to be like super dad now, Okay. <laughs> You want to wave at everybody? Is there anything you want to say? No. So uh, we were, I was lying with her and praying with her before she fell asleep recently. And I said, let's, let's pray and ask Jesus if there's anything he wants to speak to you tonight, Avery. And she said, okay. So we closed our eyes and we were listening and we were listening. And we were listening some more. And I said, did he, did he say anything to you? And she said, Sometimes Jesus is quieter than a mouse. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't know how to hear him. You know, she's heard him a lot, and he's spoken to her a lot. But in that moment, she's like, he's so quiet. So I said, okay, Avery, let's just say, let's just ask Jesus if there's anything that he wants to say to mommy to encourage her. One of the, one of the great ways to learn to hear his voice is to uh, to pray for other people and encourage other people. So Avery said, okay, Jesus, what do you want to say to mommy? And so we were listening. And within a couple moments, she sits up in bed and she says, mommy, Jesus just told me you're a really, really good mommy. 
So you can have a seat. But that's an example of, I think a lot of people can relate to say, yeah, sometimes Jesus is so quiet. Like, what's up with that, Jesus? Speak up a little bit. Speak up a little bit. But the key is learning to recognize his voice. And so John chapter 10, let's, we're going to have this on the screen as well. John chapter 10, Jesus Verse 2, the one who, this is Jesus speaking, and he says, The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Now listen to the personal language. The people Jesus was speaking to would have really grasped this language. It's the shepherd and his sheep. And Jesus is painting a picture of a shepherd leading each one of his sheep, calling each one of them by name and leading them out. Verse 4, when he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them. And his sheep follow him because they know his voice, but they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. So Jesus is highlighting the importance of learning to recognize his voice. And this is something that we're all invited to do as Christ followers. Because sometimes it's easy to think, yeah, pastors, okay, they're like spiritual supermen, which is not true. But there's kind of this idea that people in ministry or people without a life can learn to hear the voice of God, but not, not me. I just feel kind of ordinary. But you don't have to be a spiritual superman to hear the voice of God. You know what it does require you to be? A humble sheep. A humble sheep who really does want to learn to hear the voice of the shepherd. And if that's your posture, if your posture is, I want to learn to hear his voice, he will teach you to recognize his voice. He will. This is not up to you. This is not some complicated formula that you have to figure out in order to hear his voice. Because he wants to speak to you more than you want to hear him. So if you take this posture of, okay, I'm a, I want to be a, just a humble Christ follower, and I want to listen, he's like, oh yeah, oh yeah. Now we can start. He's looking for those who are just willing. There's a hunger There's a hunger to learn to recognize his voice. He will meet you in that place, and he will teach you to recognize his voice. He is faithful. He is faithful. So it's the question, well, how come I don't hear from God? Why don't I hear from God? I hear that question a lot when I meet with people. And they're honest, like, okay, I believe that he speaks, but why don't I hear from him? I'm going to put this on the screen. This is a, I'm not sure how many of you have ever seen one of these before, but this is, uh, the 3D pictures, how many of you have ever seen this before? When you look at them, and you have to kind of look at them sideways and funny, but if you, if you look at them long enough, there are these hidden 3D images that will actually come out of the pictures. So when I was younger, these were really popular, and they were, all the kids would put them on their bedroom wall, and then for fun, you know, they'd go and they'd stand in front of these pictures and stare at the 3D pictures. I know it was pretty lame back then, let me tell you. And all of my friends could see the hidden 3D pictures, but I never could. 
And so they'd be like, Gabe, check this out. Look, there's a shark here, and, and there's dolphins, and there's a, there's a dinosaur over here. And I would just be staring at this same picture, the same picture they were looking at. Like, I don't see it. Just look a little harder. I still don't see it. Like, no, but look over here. And so they were describing what they were seeing, and I, I was like, confused. What's wrong with me? How come I can't see the same thing that you can see? I'm staring at the same picture. And I think that's how a lot of people feel when it comes to hearing from God. You hear people talk about hearing from God. You're like, I'm praying to the same God. Like, what's wrong with me? I don't get it. How come you can see? How come you can hear, but, but I can't? And so there are some, if you dig into that a little bit, this question of why don't I hear from God, I think there are some common things that surface. And we have to remember that there is spiritual resistance when it comes to hearing from God. The Bible talks a lot about the enemy. I'm not trying to be overly dramatic when I say that the enemy is set against you learning to hear the voice of God. He does not want it to happen. And so he wants to interfere. He wants to distract you. He would love for you just to continue to live a life and for me to continue to live a life of busyness where we don't slow down to listen. He would love that. And he loves to lie. The Bible calls the enemy the father of lies. And he is like a little yapping dog that just never, it's like, just silence, please. But he's telling you, you're not going to hear from God. Something's wrong with you. God doesn't want to speak to you. Just like the picture, he'll speak to everybody else, but he's not really going to speak to you. So what are those things maybe in your own heart that the enemy has spoken to you? What are some of the lies that he's planted in you when it comes to hearing from God? Is there this belief deep in your heart that you're not going to be able to hear from him and everybody else will? Is there this belief that, well, anybody who hears from God is a little crazy and I don't want to be viewed as one of those people? What are, what are some of those ways that he has tried to interfere with you hearing from God? Now, once you begin to recognize him, reject those lies. Renounce those lies. Don't allow those lies to remain in your heart because that will mess with your relationship with God. God, again, is so passionate about, he's leaning in, he is smiling, he's saying, you are my son, you are my daughter, I love you, I want to speak to you, I have so much to tell you. And the enemy, again, he wants to just slide in and say, no, 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 no. If you listen, you're crazy, you're the crazy one. Or he, you really, he, he's not going to speak to you. But learn to recognize how the enemy is wanting to get in there and stop this process from happening. And if you have believed this lie that he's never going to speak to you, renounce that, reject it. In the name of Jesus, I reject the lie that God does not want to speak to me. And I open my heart to the truth that I am loved by him. That he is near. That he is a relational God. Just over and over again, on a daily basis, you open your heart to the truth. I am loved by him. He is passionate about our relationship. He wants to speak. He wants relationship with me so much he died on the cross. Open your heart to the truth. Reject the lies. Begin to do that on a daily basis as you position yourself before God to listen. Now, here's another question. Well, how do I know it's really from God? How many of you have ever had that thought? How do I know that this is really God 
speaking to me. I think that's very common. Because there are a lot of voices at play. When it comes to hearing from God, there's God's voice speaking to me. There's the enemy, again, who's very real. And there are my own voices, my own thoughts, my own ideas. There are other people's ideas, other people's thoughts. And so there's a lot of chatter. So how do we know it's really him? And it's really tricky when we feel like God is asking us to do something that is difficult to do, that we don't want to do. Then it's really tricky to say, oh, okay, how do I know that was really God? Maybe I just ate a bad pizza. There's a story I like to share uh, just from, from my life of when I felt like God was speaking to me and I did not want to do it. I was like, oh, okay, maybe, maybe that wasn't God. So it, it happened about 10 years ago, uh, actually probably 11 years ago, and I was 25 years old. I wanted to get married. I had this strong desire to get married, and I was praying, God, please, will you bring the right woman along for me to marry? And I was praying, 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 and then I met Ashley, and very, uh, very shortly after, I decided, okay, I think, this is, I think this is the right woman. So fast forward uh, several months, I was set, my heart was set on wanting to propose, but I did not make a lot of money. And so the task of saving up money to buy a ring was an enormous challenge for me. So I started scraping together every last dime and dollar, and it took me a while, but I finally was able to save enough money to buy a ring for her. And I remember that feeling in the pit of my stomach. I was just, I was giddy. I was excited. I was like, oh yes, I've got, I've got enough money. But before I could go actually and buy the ring, one night I felt like God impressed this idea on my heart. And the idea was, he said, why don't you take the money that you've saved and give it to your friend John? Now I'm thinking, God, John is not a pretty little blonde who I want to marry. John is a six foot five, 275 pound mountain of a man, and I am not interested in giving him a ring. Now, I must, I must provide some context. John was also trying to save money to buy a ring for his girlfriend, Sarah. So the idea was to take the money that I had scrounged together and say, John, I would like to bless you so that you can buy Sarah a ring. But God, what about, what about me over here? And I'm wrestling with this. And the Holy Spirit in that moment, in the middle of my wrestling, in the middle of this mental gymnastics, like, was that really God? Or am I, making, I, think, I think I'm making that up. I think I am. I don't think that was God. And in the middle of me trying to convince myself that I was making this up, he spoke again. Just the, the whisper of the Holy Spirit. And he said, Gabe, if you want my best, you'll trust me. Checkmate. Oh, God, why do you, why do, you do this to me? But no exaggeration. Three days later, I get a phone call. And the man on the other end was somebody that I had met one time in my life. And he said, Gabe, this might sound really strange to you, but the other night I was putting away laundry 
And I had this thought pop into my head, and the thought was to send you a check so you can buy Ashley a ring. I said, awesome. (laughs) So a couple days later, the check arrives. I open up the envelope. I pull it out. It was for a lot more money than I had saved. And I started running around my apartment like a 10-year-old on Christmas morning. I mean, the neighbors thought I was plumb crazy. They were like, man, what's going on over there? But I was just ecstatic at the faithfulness of God and how he worked all of this out. So I rush down to the store, and I pick out the right ring, and I'm buying it. I'm sitting in my vehicle outside of the, the Jared. He, I went to Jared. I'm sitting there, <laughs> and I'm holding the ring, and tears fill my eyes. Because I'm, I'm, I'm looking at something that reminded me of God's faithfulness. And in that moment, as tears filled my eyes, he spoke again. And he said, Gabe, let that ring be a continual reminder that I will always provide for you. Always. Now, when I think back upon that story, I didn't want I didn't want to receive what he was telling me initially because I couldn't see the whole picture. And isn't that true for you as well? When God speaks to you, oftentimes you don't have the advantage of seeing the whole picture that he's painting. You can only see what you're seeing. He sees the whole thing. And he's like, here, why don't you step out? Even though you don't know what's going to happen, even though you can't see it, why don't you just step out and trust me? And this is why he loves to do this, because your faith pleases him deeply. He wants relationship with you. And your faith is a gift to him that pleases him. So when he does speak to you and you trust him, and you step out in faith, can you imagine the smile as he's watching, saying, yes, yes, thank you. And then the passion in his heart to meet you in that place and to show you how faithful he is. See, that ring story taught me a great deal about God. But that's the same God who is leading you. Like he's the shepherd, I'm the sheep. He's the same shepherd for you, and you're a sheep. There's nothing special about me that enables me to hear from him. I'm a sheep, you're a sheep. We have the same shepherd. He likes to talk. But what I did do over the years is I had to cultivate the ability to listen. I had to cultivate listening ears to him. And that was a lot of time in the scriptures. That was memorizing scriptures. That was taking risks. There were times when I felt like he was asking me to do something, and it turns out it really wasn't him. I remember, uh, I remember sitting with an, uh, a friend uh, probably about 10 years ago, too. Um, I, I thought God was telling us to do something. And so I was sitting on the front porch with a, a mature Christ follower, somebody much older And I was sharing with this person what I felt like God was asking me to do, and he smiled. He said, I don't think that's God. That doesn't resonate with my spirit. 
Now, looking back now, he was absolutely right. I'm so glad that I invited somebody else who's mature into the process of hearing from God because they were seasoned and they were able to give me wisdom that I didn't see on my own. So these two questions, uh, the question of how do I know it's really God? Okay, number one, does it line up with the truth of Scripture? Is what God is speaking to you, does that line up with the truth of Scripture? Because the same God who authored the Scriptures is the same God who speaks. There's an amazing consistency there. And every time you open up those Scriptures and you put the Scriptures in your heart, you put the Scriptures in your mind, you know what you're doing? You're training your ears to hear them. That's how we train ourselves to hear them. As we put the scriptures in our heart, we put the scriptures in our mind. And we're, we're learning to tune our ears to his voice. And then the second part of that, too, is who are some mature Christ followers that can help you along the way? I think this is so important. And new life is full of older men and older women who are mature, who are seasoned, that are moms and dads in the faith. They would love to come alongside you and develop a relationship with you. And you can be honest and bounce things off them and say, I think this is what God might be speaking to me. And let them, let them uh, stand with you in that place. See if that resonates with them. That is a huge help to us when it comes to learning more and more how to hear his voice. How to cultivate those listening ears. So, in closing... In closing, don't, don't make it more complicated than it really needs to be. Be aware of the lies that perhaps you've believed, that he doesn't want to speak to you. Be very aware of distractions, your pace, your daily pace. Maybe you're just so busy that it's hard for you to hear. Okay, slow down. Put yourself in a place where you can hear. Slow down. Rest. Okay? And then remember how near he is. He's, he's with you at every moment of the day. He's really with you. And his heart is to speak. His passion is to speak to you. Let me pray for you. Just, just ask you to close your eyes. And here's what I want you to do in this moment. I want you, in faith, with your eyes closed, your natural eyes closed, but in faith, I want you to see Jesus literally right before you. Because he is. The Bible says, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. He is literally right with you in this moment. And he's not angry. He's not upset. But he's smiling at you because he's crazy about you. I believe so strongly that right now, in this moment, he's looking you right in the eyes and saying, I love you. I've chosen you.
let's ask him this. Ask him to give you one word. One word that would speak to how he views you. Jesus, we thank you that you are a God who speaks. You are a shepherd who calls each one of your sheep by name and you lead us out. It's personal. It's intimate. As your people this morning, we just believe that you're a God who speaks to us. So Father, for every single one of us, teach us more and more how to hear your voice, to recognize your voice. Create a hunger in each of us to listen, to spend more time in your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, before we have time at your tables, uh, with that exercise of listening and, and the question, God, what is one word that would speak to how you view me? If some of you heard anything that was condemning, that wasn't God. The Bible says that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So if it was, oh, your failure, it, it could be a lot of different things. But I just want to highlight, if it was condemning, that was not God. His voice is kind. His voice is truth. And so for some of you, maybe it was like what Avery said. Wow, Jesus is quieter than a mouse. I didn't hear anything. Stay with it. A lot of this is just perseverance. It really is. It's staying with it and not giving up. And remembering that he wants to speak more than you want to listen. Okay? So there are questions that we're going to put up on the screen and give you some time uh, at your tables to, to discuss. What are some of the distractions in your life that keep you from walking with a greater awareness of God's presence? Think about your daily rhythm, your daily pattern. All right? What are some distractions that would keep you from, from really walking with an awareness? He's, he's really with me. Second question, what are some practical things that you can do to help you focus more on him throughout the day? And then what has your experience been like regarding hearing from God on a personal level? So we'll give you some time. Go ahead and discuss those. And then uh, we'll do a dismissal here in just a little bit. Sounds like some good conversations are happening. It's a good topic to talk with others about. I love talking to other people about this topic and what it's like for them and where they're at in the journey of hearing God's voice. I want to just wrap up with one last real quick story. A story that illustrates uh, just being open to ask, ask God to speak to you about everyday things. Like, don't just pray about who, who you're going to marry or these big things, but start practicing by asking God to speak to you about everyday things that might seem little, small. Maybe you might even think, well, God doesn't even care about that. Well, he does care about it. He does. And, and practice that. And then be willing to step out and take a risk. Uh, and I'll, I'll close with this last story. So a couple months ago, we were 
my wife and I took our kids to soccer practice, and uh, after practice, we got back in our vehicle, and we were driving home, and my wife realized that she lost her phone. She couldn't, couldn't find it. So she's just looking through her purse like crazy. She can't find it. I flip a UE. I go back to the soccer field. We're looking everywhere for the phone, and it's gone. Now, my first thought was, well, we left the door unlocked in our vehicle, and somebody must have stolen the phone. And so in that moment, I said, okay, let's pray. Jesus knows where this phone is. Let's pray. And so my three little kids were in the back seat and were, were listening. Jesus, where is the phone? And nothing. I didn't hear anything. My wife didn't hear anything. Our three kids didn't hear anything. And so we just started driving home. So we get home and we pull up, find my iPhone. And it was the, the little green dot. Find my iPhone. The green dot was showing the phone was on the side of the highway, half be, halfway between the soccer field and my house. did not make any sense why the phone would be there. So I'm thinking, well, there it is. So I get back in the vehicle, and I drive all the way back, and I park on the side of the highway, and like a crazy man. Now, you're, you're picking up on that theme. A lot of what I do is like, man, he's crazy. So like a crazy man, I'm running up and down this ditch, where the find my iPhone thing is saying my phone is. And I'm looking everywhere. I can't find it. And so I get back in the vehicle and I drive home. Now, my wife, when I was driving home, tears filled her eyes. Like She was upset. She was crying. She's sitting right here, just tears coming down her face. I'm, I'm right next to her thinking, that's 700 bucks. So, so men, this is for free, Okay. If you're not married, when you get married, when she's crying, don't be thinking about the money. That's, that's not good counsel. So I'm thinking, 700 bucks? Oh, come on. So I go back home. I pull up Craigslist, used iPhones, and I just sense the Holy Spirit say, go one more time. Now, by now, it's dark. The first time I went, it was daylight. Now it was dark. And logically, it made no sense to get back in the vehicle and drive back out there and look in the same place in the dark. But I, Jesus was saying, one more time, Gabe. One more time. Okay. So sometimes you've got to be willing to take a risk. You've got to be willing to act upon it, to take a risk. Maybe this is him. So I drive out there in the dark I pull over in the same place. <laughs> the same people probably thought, oh, the crazy guy's back. <laughs> but this time, when I was walking the same path, bam, there it was. Like, I just walked the same path. How does this even happen? And I picked up the phone, and I couldn't believe it. And so I went home that night. And I got in bed, and I was like, Jesus, this is amazing. How did you do that? And here's what I heard him say. He said, I told you so. It was like, I told you to go one more time. It's like, well, how come you didn't help me find it the first time? <laughs> Sometimes I think, I think he wants to mess with us a little bit. But what he wants is trust. I told you so. Trust me. So my wife gets in bed. 
And she was like, Jesus, thank you so much. Thank you so much for helping us find the phone. And you know what he said to her? He said, you see, I do care. I do care. And he cares about you. He cares about the details of your life. He cares about the questions that you're asking in your heart and your mind. There's nothing, nothing that's too small. He cares. So on a daily, I'm going to leave you with this, on a daily basis, how can you practice this? How can you practice listening? Ask him about the little petty things that seem petty to you. They're not petty. And then take a risk. If he's asking you to step out and do something that may not make sense, take a risk. All right? Father, I thank you so much for each one of these men and women. You love them. You care about them. God, open our ears to hear you. Open our eyes to see you. Help us to follow you and keep in step with you. And the last thing is, if you just want to stand up, I want to just speak this blessing over each of you. So if you can stand up, this is going to be our benediction. You know, earlier I was talking about Jesus like looking at you and smiling at you. His posture is not to kind of lean back and say, I don't care about you. But his posture, Jesus' posture, is to lean into you. And with a smile on his face, to speak to you. So with this benediction, I want to just speak this over you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In Jesus' name, let it be. Everybody says, Amen. Amen.